0: Yellow. Guys, I told you, I'm on vacation this week This better be important, I'm in Tennessee No really, I'm in Tennessee, you don't believe me? Hang on Arizona, Top, See, I'm in Tennessee, Tennessee What's the issue? hmm Uh-huh Evan, just split stereo to mono Another week, another Wednesday game, another episode of the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, back from Tennessee, and uh, still recovering, sort of reacclimating back to real life, and trying to stay away from alcohol, so I'm drinking honey green tea from Honest Tea, a nice little glass of it with me here also on the line probably drinking beer and a man that as i recall two weeks ago said we weren't optimistic enough about the wednesday season patty jones patty how are you drinking and how are you feeling
1: uh, um i still don't think you've been optimistic enough um however I, my confidence is wavering uh, i do actually have not beer i have some rum some cuban rum my friend went to cuba and came back with a bottle of anejo especial Whatever that means, and it's really oh, nice. special. Old, <laughs> old and special. Old
0: and special rum. Uh, not particularly old, but certainly special to us, Evan Skilter. Evan, what are you drinking
2: tonight? I'm uh, sucking down some Elliot Ness amber loggers from Great Lakes Brewing Company. If uh, if you don't recall from last year, Elliot Ness is the man who with his 11 men called the untouchables took down al capone on 5000 violations of the Vol- Volstead act and 22 counts of tax evasion so he's a, he's a lovable guy in cleveland where great lakes brewery uh, brewing company excuse me uh, is located he he worked for the the cleveland police department before the fbi and they have named this fantastic amber lager after a
0: fantastic man i do have some news uh that might be of interest to you alcohol related evan i was in or whilst i was in tennessee i found a good local distillery that does their own sort of hot cinnamon rum sort oh of like boy. it's like a fireball uh craft fireball craft so can, fireball yeah. it is craft fireball, fireball. Yeah. <laughs> Fire. yeah i did a uh he was he was kind enough to give us a Full tasting of his entire range of stuff, so I drank a lot at like 1 p.m. that day.
2: Was it Was it delicious? It was actually
0: quite good, and it wasn't like overly uh, overly sweet.
2: Okay, what was the place called?
0: It's called the Tennessee Hills Distillery in nice. I think it's Jonesboro, Tennessee.
2: Oh yeah, good,
0: good state. good state as well. That's enough alcohol talk. Although, given the last week of Wednesday news and results, uh, we'd be forgiven for just turning this into a podcast about alcohol, even though uh, only two or three of us are drinking. But we're professionals here, so we will review the hall draw, at least the bits and pieces we saw of it on iFollow, mostly the top third of the screen. We'll go over the Sheckled Wednesday news of the week. We have another entry into our How I Became a wednesday series we head out to the Bay Area this week. We have dispatches from American soccer with a particularly British flair, and two games on the agenda for previews. The Sunderland game. Tomorrow in the League Cup. What, are they, what is it? The Carabao Cup still? What are they calling it this year? Uh, milk. Milk Cup. The Milk Cup? Seriously?
1: Uh, <laughs> that's what it used to be called. I know. It can't be right.
2: It's still the Carabao it's Cup, right? It's still the
0: right? Carabao Cup?
2: I think so.
0: Okay. Uh, and our regular championship fixture against Brentford we'll start with the whole game Eh. I mean we are on the board for the 2018-2019 season with a point at home the crowd was rocking all in all and already some changes in the starting 11 as Yas tries to sort of figure out the best 11 Palmer and Van Aken out patty
1: but clearly listens to the podcast, because I think last week we were saying that these two need to uh, depart the first team. Uh, and surprisingly, um, he dropped both of them, not even from the first team, but from the squad. Uh, replaced Palmer with uh, the young Ash Baker and Van Aken with Hutchinson, which, again, was called for from a lot of different quarters. And um, I think overall it worked. I think it was still pretty shaky for the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, those back three of Hutch... Lees and Poodle still don't seem to know their roles. Um, what do you guys think about changing your back five uh, after one game? Do you think that's fills you full of confidence?
2: Well, it's it's
1: yeah, yeah, scary, I mean...
2: right? Oh, man, we we don't have the correct back five, so we're going to drop two from the entire team. Um, but I like the move. I mean, I, it, it makes me more confident in Joss, right? Because... He is just saying he's a dis- disciplinarian right they, they say that they said that when he when he came in all of our research said that um uh, he's a no-nonsense type of guy and that's exactly what we saw and so doesn't give me more confidence in the back line but it does give me more confidence in him not being afraid to um to pull some strings move some guys around and even drop guys when he needs to
0: i would, uh, I, would I would feel better if they he had you know figured that out for the month of preseason and training he had with the squad <laughs> and also you know he switched in a Morgan Fox and look there are limitations within the team and within you know what they can do to to build a squad up as we'll get into in a minute but yeah Morgan Fox though when Thornley came on he actually looked pretty good even
1: if he's not a natural uh wingback per se and how bad does that speak of morgan fox that um, <laughs> a young centre half plays better at left wing back than he does uh, let's talk about let's talk about morgan fox shall we mm. uh, <laughs> i feel i really don't like i said this last week with william Palmer. i don't like singling people out and clearly the mm. guy has zero confidence there's a, there's a rumor going around and i want to ask you guys if you believe this too so let's just talk about how he got sent off that's how he got uh, injured so he gave the ball away pretty crappy pass he then realizes the error of his ways, lunged in to try and get the ball uh, back off the guy. Should have probably could have been an a-, a red card there and then. He got a yellow card instead, and then injured himself in the process. Now, if that's not peak Morgan Fox, fuck up. Then I don't know what is. But the rumor going around in Hillsborough was that he never looked like he wanted to pl- be there in the first place. Now, do you think he in- he purposely got sent off here? Uh, purposely got injured. No, I. I mean, I believe that, you know,
0: he's not thrilled with his role right now and that, you know, when he was brought in last year and, like, honestly, the first, you know, six weeks or so of his tenure at Hillsborough, he looked like a perfectly serviceable championship-level player. I mean, nothing special, but reasonable squad depth. And just, I don't know exactly where the, sort of the tipping point was. Um, I don't particularly want to go you know, pack and watch those performances to find out. Honestly, <laughs> but uh, it's just been it's just been a a disaster. And like, he's obviously a player that needs uh, a change of scenery. I just don't know if there's going to be you know interest in him elsewhere in the championship. I think at this point in his career, he probably doesn't want a move to a lower level, uh, even if it's more playing time, but probably less wages. So it's just going to be one of these things where. He we sort of see out the contract, and you know maybe he plays in the cup games, maybe not this one if if he is actually injured. And it's uh, you know we grouse about him once a month on the
1: podcast. I don't think he I don't think he wants to play anymore. I think he's had know. Well, I know
2: that uh, I'm pretty sure Forest Green Rovers FC need a uh, <laughs> need a left back, so <laughs> he may uh, he 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 could probably fit in pretty well. Who is the left know, back over there? there? And,
0: they brought in a couple years ago that never actually played a game, but talked about how he was on the highest wages at the club. At Forest the, Green we? Grovers? No, it Wednesday. <laughs> I it was know. French, I think. Maybe it was French. I, I'm not Jeremy making this Hillan. up. This is the thing that happened. It's not Jeremy Hallan. I don't
1: remember. He played, he played for the under twenty three is like twice. Uh I know what you mean. Is it? Oh, it wasn't Deano, was it? Yeah. Uh, no. All right. We'll think about that. I'll yeah, it it like. doesn't really matter. Yeah. I'm just saying it's
0: funny that, you know, he's disappeared and Morgan Fox is still around.
2: Yeah, well, back to Forest Green Rovers. <laughs> How
0: podcast, about back uh, to the Hull game?
2: Two wins and, and one draw this year off to a hot start. Uh, we should uh, just make this a Forest Green
0: Rovers word, podcast, so. honestly. Right. Uh, you know, defensive laps at the back. Equalize a penalty probably should have tucked away a second in the second half patty
1: i think fletch could have had a handful of games you know what? I, want to, I want to touch on something because i don't think i want to talk about reach at the moment i think reach has had two very good games for us in two different positions um and he's not really getting his you know, people say he's been very average but reach set up two of fletcher's stonewall chances which fletch couldn't convert um and he just looks class. And I want to try and, I'm going to say this later on as well, I want to try and kind of uh, celebrate our class players this season because, uh, enough of moaning about left backs and right backs, we've got some brilliant players at Wednesday at the moment and they're a joy to watch. Forestieri, obviously everyone knows about. Adam Reach, his touch on occasion is just like drool worthy. He had a couple of really beautiful kind of like touches and drag backs that game on Saturday, and his crossing seems to have got better too. I think what he gets flack for is sometimes he he um he chooses the wrong pass, but the, his production on Saturday was fantastic. He set up most most good things came through Adam Reach Saturday, and him and Fletcher linked up really well, I thought. And if Fletcher was a bit more match sharp, I think he would have put one of, one of those three things away. Uh, I, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna savor watching people like Adam Reach, Fernando Forestieri, and Barry Bannon this year because I feel like it might be the last we're gonna see of all three of those.
2: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that he's he's been fantastic, and I think the reason people think he's been average is because for the second half of last season, he was probably our best player o- overall, right? And so this year he's been at the same level, but that's average for Adam Reach. You know, he's not standing out because he's doing everything he did last year. He was an incredibly solid midfield player. And uh, yeah, I, I think you're spot on. I don't have much to add other than that, that he's been a pleasure to watch. Uh, and he's uh, he's brilliant. And I hope we're, we're able to hold on to him. I think he's just as valuable as, um, as anyone else on the squad.
1: you think he's uh, worth as much as Forestieri?
2: I think Forestieri's flash makes him worth a little bit more when it comes to the transfer market. But I think for us, as far as value is concerned, I think he's, I don't know. Force theory probably creates a little bit more. Yeah,
3: than for Reach my does, money, is right? like, just
2: um,
0: on his day, completely unplayable in a way that Reach isn't. Like Reach is like, I think we all know my longstanding feelings on Reach, but he's like he's like a nice championship player, versatile a you know, good Swiss Army knife for the squad, but like Forestieri is a match winner.
1: I think that's the difference. But I think Reach can be like, too. I think he's still learning and he's, he's still he's still getting better. I think every year, and he's what he's 24, 25, Reach he's got he's got like three or four years on Forestieri. I think he's just a saleable asset as uh, Forestieri, which is horrible to say. So I want to keep him. Um, but if we have to sell um, one of the two, who would you rather sell? I think I answer this, don't I? Well, I'd
2: sell Forestieri because he'd make us more money. Um,
1: I mean, I think for me, it's
2: sell
0: if, Reach because I think Forestieri is the kind of player that can keep your team up, and that might be something we need this year. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd probably agree. Money aside, I, I'd keep Forestieri. But uh, Patty, I don't think I don't think either of us would would argue with you that that Reach isn't valuable. I, I think he's a fantastic asset to have. Um, I just think, when in terms of Forestieri, it's it's clear that that he is like like Jeff said, the match winner, the guy that's going to create goals uh, rather than uh, maybe I don't know. Reach does create goals, but I, I think you get where we're going.
0: I mean, I think you just look at what Forestieri was able to do in in the whole game. You know, win the penalty, slotted away, you know, sort of change the entire you know tenor of the game after a all in all pretty mediocre first half.
1: Yeah, and it's you know what. Forestieri is brilliant as well. He's been brilliant the last two games too. And that's why I say I I think uh, we're going to struggle at the back this season, but we really have got to enjoy the ride because Forestieri and Adam Reach are a joy to watch at times. And I think Forestieri's got a bit between his teeth this season too. Um, And his value is slowly going to get higher and higher the more he performs like this. Did you see his celebration, by the way? I mean, you really couldn't see much of the... Game, so <laughs> I saw the highlights afterwards. So uh, he tapped his shin pads after the um, after the ball went in the back of that for his penalty, and uh, I looked it up on on why he did that. It was a bit of a strange celebration. Him. Because he did his usual kind of a uh, love heart thing, but then he went down on his, on his like, knees and tapped his shin pads. And um, when asked about it after the game, he, apparently he met this uh, this kid who I think was the, having some kind of health problems before the game, and he asked the kid what he should do if he scores a goal and the kid tapped his shin pads, so that's, he did that for this kid before the game. And it's just another example in the long list of examples of High Forestieri is uh, great for this club and, and really loves the uh, culture and the, the community around him.
0: As we said, uh, the 2018-2019 iFollow rollout has not gone great, Jeffs.
2: No, not at all. It's been... Uh, I noticed it way more this week than I did last week. Last week had a, a couple of hiccups, but this week was just awful. And for anyone that didn't get to watch and somehow hasn't seen any pictures on Twitter, basically every... felt like every three or four minutes, it would... Uh, the, the screen would, I don't know, just kind of go fuzzy to the point where you couldn't see anything. Like, it was rendering. Like... Uh, if you're watching a YouTube video and all of a sudden your, your internet needs to catch up, you don't have the bandwidth, whatever. And, and all of a sudden, uh, everything goes blank and, and it would do that. You could hear the audio for a little bit and then every now and then it would just freeze. No audio, no video for about two, two or three minute stretches. Uh, and this happened numerous times. I mean, we're talking 15, 16 times. Um, I think we missed one goal and a, a couple key moments, you know, it would go out when we're, when uh, we were headed up the field, getting into the box, etc., and it was just incredibly frustrating. And so we're all tweeting about it. Um, you know, I tweeted something, and and the America's account tweeted something. A ton of feedback from people who, who were having the same issues. And eventually, I follow support came back and said, "Oh, we don't have any reported issues. <laughs> so, sorry." And uh, that that was frustrating because obviously someone's not on Twitter, even though they tweeted that out. So whatever. It needs fixed. Uh, it, 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 I don't want my money back because I love being able to watch matches and I love being able to hear, um, hear Rob and John this year uh, with the broadcast, but it needs to be fixed.
1: I was so glad. So I, I'm so glad I didn't go into New York because we were supposed to have a meetup um, on Saturday and uh, it was like biblical storms outside and my roof started leaking again. Um, I was like, screw this. It's like Hull at home. I've had two people confirm to me that they're going to go. Uh, I'm going to get absolutely soaked. I've got a laptop to carry into Midtown. And I just thought, screw it. So we cancelled it with like an hour and a half to go. And then to experience that quality of footage that we had from iFollow, I was so happy I cancelled it. Because imagine going, it's stressful enough for me setting up the stream and the laptop in a bar so people can come to Midtown New York from all over the like tri state area. And then to have that crap quality video put in front of him for ninety minutes, I would have been like just so pissed off. So I was glad it happened while we were at home rather than in the bar. Um, but they need to fix, like I say, and hopefully they fix for um, for Sunday's game against Brentford.
0: So that's the whole game in a nutshell. We didn't really talk about it, but a point is a point is a point. Hopefully, there will be many more to come this season preferably three at a time there is some sheffield wednesday news to go over in this segment as well we mix things up a little bit uh there's a new uh charity called quit a goal that encourages fans to donate one pound for every goal scored you can get more information on about that on twitter or the club site but it's a neat little thing and especially if we're going to have to uh outscore our defense this year might as well donate to charity in the process as well
1: yeah, I think it's a great idea. I think, like I say, I think we gonna got goals this year. That's not a problem. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to volunteer myself for this. Uh, I'm sure uh, some of the other team won't do it too. But uh, if you want to um, go to uh, donate this uh, pound for a goal, uh, go to the uh, Twitter at a Goal, or search for Goal on Google, and you'll find it. And you'll see already that they started to raise quite a lot of cash for all these three local charities in Sheffield. So it's a great cause. Uh, get on the site, have a look. And uh, join us in donating a quid a goal The transfer window closed
0: last week And no further news to report on that front Uh, In or out, obviously We know why no one's come in But no one out yet Looks like the team will at least remain intact Through uh, the beginning of the January window Is no news actually good news here, Evan?
2: I think it's good news for the fans. It's good to know that we have our squad intact going forward. Um, it also shows us, I think that chance is just as much a fan as he is an owner. He, he doesn't want to sell our good players. He wants our squad to have a chance and he wants to see us, uh, see us have a chance. Right. I think um, if we, if we get to January and not looking good doesn't look like we're going to be able to make a push then he's going to have to sell some players off i'll be ready for him to sell some players off okay. but he's he's good right now with with what we have hopefully we we get the transfer embargo lifted without having to sell players but um it's good news for us in that we're going to have a chance this season to to let our, our good players the guys that have gotten us close to promotion before uh, try to take us there one more time and, and we'll see what happens.
1: I'm going to be a little bit of a Debbie Downer. Um. Oh, the optimistic <laughs> one has a... Uh... But I'm going to blame James, James and Peter for the uh, financial fair play. always happens. Yes. I, I think I was more optimistic now I am not because we, we can't sign anyone uh, until we sell somebody. That's as simple as that. Um, not even loans. Um, and it's not just anybody have to sell. We have to sell to the tune of almost, I think it was £18 million, pounds, which was mentioned on the mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to it yet, it's a great episode for the Financial Fair Play podcast. Have um, a listen if you want to be depressed. Essentially, we have to make between, I think, 10 and eight and £18 million pounds worth up in the next season um, before we are given a full embargo, which won't be a temporary one which we have right now. So for me, I would have liked to at least seen Kieran Westwood uh, we sold before the transfer window closed. I'm baffled as to why he wasn't sold. Um, I'm guessing no one came in for him for the, for the money we were asking. I can't see him staying throughout the loan window uh, if only just to get the, the wages off the books. I would maybe also expect a couple more people to go out in the loan window. It's not really big money, but it is uh, some money. Uh, And then in January, like you say, I think uh, we'll take stock again. And depending on where we are in the league, you'll probably see a fire sale. Because I don't think it'll be challenging in top two, which uh, Gen Series seems to hold a a narrow hope for. Um, A little off the pace so far there. (laughs) Yeah. I think uh, think we've got to to sell. And it's going to have to be the the big guys. It's going to have to be uh, Forestieri, Reach... Bannon possibly, but Bannon's going to decrease more and more because Bannon's out of contract at the end of next year, right? Yeah. If you looked, I think, um, on the podcast, they told all the people they're out of contract at uh, the end of next year. And if we are under a transfer embargo when that kicks in, we are screwed. It's like pretty much 70% of our squad. <laughs> we wouldn't be able to resign because we're under an embargo. So we need to get someone out the door in order for us not to be under an embargo by the time um, the summer window ends next year, so we can still sell people uh, at the end of the season and, and through the summer, summer of next year. But uh, personally, if we do leave it that late, then most of our squad will be undervalued or going for free anyway. So I didn't. Think... Sorry,
2: Sorry, didn't didn't Chancery say that we can re-sign players just at the end of their contract? We like we can't we can't extend before the contract is up but if it's our own player at the end of his contract, we can, we can re-sign him. No, um, not, not, not that that's like awesome. Oh, we'll be fine. Uh, you know, cause cause I believe it's six months before the, the end of your contract when other teams can come in and start to talk to you and, and start to negotiate. So uh, obviously that's not a good thing for us, but I don't, it, it's my understanding that we can at least re-sign them. I mean, I mean the problem
0: by. there is once they get into sort of the on a free territory like a lot of teams are going to be more willing to come in and give them higher wages you don't know, have to pay a transfer fee and they might chase yeah, that absolutely. and they might just want to move on anyway and there's also like you know bannon and forestieri are sort of getting towards the back end of their peak so you know, by the time they're out of contract they might be looking for that one last big move
1: yeah it's not looking good i'm afraid um that's why i'm trying to focus on enjoying what we have while we have it and i'll keep repeating that mantra <laughs> for the rest of the season or at least until january and they all get sold
2: oh, all of this is solved by promotion so let's
1: shoot for that let's <laughs> just put all our eggs in that basket
0: for now we'll take a break and we come back we'll head out to san francisco to find out how our bay area owl became a wednesday eye Season two of the Owls Americas. So we have our season two premiere of How I Became a Wednesdayite. We head out to the Bay Area in San Francisco with David Gusev. David, how did you become a Wednesdayite?
3: Cheers, lad. Um, well, I think it starts where it started for a lot of us, Jonathan Harps in the 90s, and uh, knew about his exploits and uh, tried to keep up with it as much as I could, but with um, at that time, it was a little difficult. I think it wasn't until like the early 2000s when the internet kicked in. And uh, I was actually in Canada at the time, and I was in a big bookstore. And I actually saw a magazine called 442. And they had the uh, season preview, which had all the synops- synopsis of the teams. And and I saw Wednesday, and it sort of reminded me. I was like, oh, yes, I, I was always a fan of the name. I love Jonathan Harks. And I definitely loved the the crest. And so I just started following it from that point on and um, uh, got into the message boards. I think if it wasn't Owl's Talk, it was uh, maybe the iteration right before it. And um, I was also on Big Soccer and uh, would just talk to as many people as I could about Wednesday. So,
1: and just kept going with it. Were you a fan of... uh... The U.S. soccer team, uh, Dave, that's why you kind of got into John Arkes that way.
3: Yeah. Um, early on, I used to play in high school, so I, I, I kind of kept up with the U.S. soccer team. I have to admit, I have fallen off with that. I'm more club club over country by far. And so, uh, yeah, that's where my love lies is Wednesday. I can only keep up with one thing, and that's, that's it.
2: <laughs> I can't imagine why you don't follow U.S. men's national team. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, they make it so easy for me right now. <laughs>
1: So you have always you always kind of been into soccer since you started playing were your kid, you say? I'm sorry? Have you always been into soccer since you've been playing uh, as a kid?
3: Absolutely. And before it got fashionable, I, I'm, I'm so happy that it actually is starting to get traction. And there's viewing parties and, you know, supporters groups. And I think the internet has obviously helped in that regard where it's, you know, it's not such a far off thing. We don't have to like scour the back pages of the sports section to see maybe if they would put a score in there or not um so i think that sort of bridged the gap just made it easier um and yeah message boards i mean I'm, there's a whole community i'm i've just been a part of it with al's talk
1: for like years now so, so, you, wait, so you're on you're on al's talk are you still on there now or you've been You've, you've kind of I
3: am it. on there.
1: Yes, I am on there. Wow. So, how do you find Alst? We, we're big friends, Alstar, First of all, so I'd like to give him a shout. Very supportive of Wild Americas, um, but I do find that they're a bit of an intimidating bunch over there, aren't they?
3: Um. Yeah. You know. I mean, I've,
1: <laughs> you found worse message boards, not sports related.
3: So, <laughs> um, I. You know, I'm I'm game for whatever. I I find that the negativity does wear a little bit, but. Um, I think that's just a natural state of being for a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and I've, I've come to, you know, accept it, even though I don't necessarily share in a lot of the negativity. But uh, yeah, so, you know, there's certain things I think they have a valid gripe about, and there's a lot of things I'm, uh, you know, maybe it's not that bad. So,
2: <laughs> do you have any? Uh, do you have any favorite moments? Uh, let's see. So, if it was John Harkes, what is that? The oh, the 90s, the, early Argy thousands.
3: Yeah, Darby County, that's when that got uploaded to YouTube. I think I've, I've watched that a million times. And so going back retroactively, I'm just like, I picked up on like Wednesday's history because, you know, I love everything Wednesday. So I have to get into it. And uh, Chris Waddle, by far, is my favorite player of all time. And there will be no one better than Chris Waddle. I, I just love everything about the guy um, the mullet, just the attitude, just, just everything about him. So that's, yeah. From where it segued from Hearts to Waddle, and currently, I got to say Fessy is obviously my favorite. So um, hopefully, we can keep keep them. You know, we don't have to sell them. That's my biggest uh, hope for this season. But we shall see.
1: Yeah, I'm not very hopeful on that, unfortunately. But I think you got to enjoy your um, enjoy your good players while we can this year. I think because it might be the last you (laughs) see of them.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm trying to be realistic. I've resigned myself to. Westwood going, and I'm, I'm okay with that since we have two excellent young keepers.
2: So are you... So a 10 o'clock match here starts at 7 a.m. there. Well, what's a, oh, what's yeah. a typical match day like for you? Do you get up for all the matches, or uh, do you so sleep we, in sometime? I, what is it like for you?
3: You know, I had a... I don't know if I can... I had a top Wednesday player account. I won't say how I got it, but I did get it
2: when I was watching the
3: matches through Wednesday Player. And um, when that switched over to the iFollow, which was evidently supposed to be easier for the the, you know, the overseas fans to watch matches, it wasn't so much last year I, I gladly switched over. I've been, follow- I've been a subscriber ever since. Um, I did notice that um, if the matches were te- televised on ESPN or – um not, i'm bn sports used to have the contract so if they were on bn sports i could go to the you know the local pub shout out to Keysar, shout out to mcteague's on polk mm-hmm. um i could watch it there but uh with i guess the downturn in recent form they haven't been on the national i guess the uh the the larger televised scope as they were before so um it's been a little more difficult if they were on that, uh, if they were on BN Sports or ESPN Plus now, I would, you know, I'd organize a, uh, a meetup and, and hopefully somebody would come out. It's been more often than not no one, but uh, I would definitely love it if somebody would uh, would join me in my, in my uh, endeavors here. Uh, but yeah, so I, I would join, I would just go to the pub and just watch it for myself. Actually, the funniest thing was I have made uh, friends with a lot of other supporters groups. Um, particularly Crystal Palace. I have, now, this stemmed um, from the uh, playoff semis against Brighton. So I posted on Facebook, hey, I'm, you know, the local SFL. Anybody wants to watch the, uh, the playoffs against Brighton? Let me know. And a couple of Crystal Palace fans local to SF uh, chimed in and said, you know, we'd, we'd love to hate watch Brighton. Come on, <laughs> let's do it. And I like, sure enough, let's do it. And so these guys have been great because um, I they go to McTeague's on that's their local and so I, they like invite me and the bartender at McTeague's he's a huge football fan so anybody who's an SF you know where to go um, when he knows I'm coming in he'll put Hi Ho Sheffield Wednesday on the uh, on I guess <laughs> on his uh, iPod there and so he knows exactly what I'm all about. And the Palette fans have been amazing. I mean, I've been there for them. And uh, there for me, in my, <laughs> my own so I've made great friends with the, at least those guys. And, you know, other supporters groups. It's good to have some banter. Everybody, um, they'll see me in my shirt. I have a classic Sanderson, I guess, from the uh, early 2000s, late 90s. And uh, I walk in with that jersey, and everyone's was like, oh, Wednesday they know all about wind today, but it's like where are you guys and that's i was like we're not too far so yeah we'll be there soon enough um the bad part was um i used to have free access to a lot of the pubs to the internet connection um because i was the only one you know back when nbc sports would show all the premiere game premier, premiership um matches a lot on without like the I guess there's a package you have to purchase now separately, um, and I could get away with using that internet, act, the lone internet access in the bar, for my games. Um, not so much anymore, especially when Villa went down. There's a huge Villa contingent in San Francisco that have sort of taken over a lot of the um, the pub viewing privileges. But they're nice guys. I've watched when I mean, Wednesday play Villa. We have a good time together, and it's it works out. But yeah, it's if I had more numbers, it would be a lot easier.
1: That's funny. I'm just really interested in this bar because it sounds a lot like Football Factory. A lot of like, uh, different sport groups uh, come together and stuff and they have oh, yeah. good banter. Uh, There's a good point, you know, Make about um, everything going online because uh, Jack has a right setup at the Football Factory now. Where he has like six laptops, all of them connected to, to HDMIs, all of them on the Wi-Fi. And it's a, it's a real problem that uh, the U.S. broadcasters have put in place for bars now because they have to um, have multiple computers to stream multiple games. Unlike where you could literally um, whack the cable channel onto different uh, TVs, you now need separate laptops, which is a real logistical nightmare for most bars. So I do empathize with this uh, with your problem there with uh, McTeague's that you said.
3: Um, and and Keysar was the other one and its... You know, I—they've got to go with the supporters group that brings up the numbers. And right now, Villa has four dedicated, strong. They bring more sometimes. It's just me. I do my part with the bar tab. I'm—I'm I'm trying my best, but uh, you know, sometimes it's our it numbers. Um, so hopefully, if I can get yes yeah, some help here, that would that would keep it going. But all—all
2: uh, all you really need is Patty to come out one time. He'll take care of uh, the year's I love worth of bar it. tab.
3: So you know what, come out. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will treat you. There you go. <laughs> That's
2: fantastic. So, uh, so what's the 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 local soccer scene like in in the Bay Area? Are there any uh, local teams at any level that that gain some attention out there?
3: You know, I will say this: there's the MLS squad in San Jose, and I will say for San Francisco, as far as I know, it's largely ignored. I mean, we have a few brand new local teams that are coming up: the uh, the SF Glens, and there's. Um, SF city. And I know there's a really robust local supporters group scene going on. I, and my buddy who's the palace fan, he's also part of that. I think he supports SF city. Um, and there it's really grassroots, you know, it's, but they're, they're super hardcore about their soccer. It's super low level, but you know, that makes it even much better. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm a Wednesday fan. I'm not following the premier league and have no desire to, unless we're up there um so yeah it's it's coming along. I think the problem is, as you probably know s f is a very yeah. expensive city, so a lot of these uh endeavors don't follow through for many years, so you know they either fold or they'll move because of huge costs incurred here, so it's a little difficult, but there is a robust scene, and I hope it continues on so
1: that's great. Um, I think there's definitely potential here, um, David, to get some stuff visits at Wednesday fans to you. I mean, you're a big tourist city. I'm sure loads of Wednesday fans go through there, even on holiday, if not living there, like New York gets. So I, what we need to do is to get um, to get the bars a bit more kind of notoriety in the Wednesday community. So I think let's let's work together after uh, after this, and we'll try and uh, spread the word a little bit more about you guys. Because if people are going to that bar for football, then social Wednesday fans. Uh, and hopefully oh, yeah. They can, uh, I mean, catch they're... you while you're there.
3: The final for Wembley uh, you know I brought out like there's 20 people at Pizar for the, the 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 match and so I kept trying to, where are you guys you know let me let me keep contact with you guys you know a lot of them I haven't heard back since uh, the fiasco at Wembley that's uh, to be un- you know it's understandable a little bit but um the Brighton match I was talking about early on there was actually an um uh, a guy I met, he was actually a Sheffield Wednesday season ticket holder. He was on holiday in SF at the time and he brought his wife and we watched the match together. We were singing songs. He brought actually a huge flag of Sheffield Wednesday with the proper minimal owl logo that I love so much. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's, that's my other pet peeve. I, 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 have slightly worn for the new crest, but it's never going to be minimal owl for me. Um, so, you know, we were singing songs. It was, Carlos had a dream and all, at the time. It was great. <laughs> but um, so it was actually a really fun atmosphere, and I miss that. And, you know, we keep in touch on Twitter. He, he's he's back in, in Sheffield and, you know, still going to the matches. And so we, we definitely keep in touch. But, yeah, it was a, it was a great time. So I, I wish to see more ex, expats.
1: <laughs> Have you ever had the chance to go to Sheffield yet?
3: That is on my bucket list. I would, to go to Hillsborough would be like a pilgrimage for me. So, (laughs) um, uh, words, I mean, when I can finally do that, you know, I'm married, I have kids, they're a little young, they wouldn't necessarily get into it at this moment, but very soon we are making our plans. Um, I went to London a couple years ago as a vacation, and I was hoping I could like squeeze in like an away. Way did QPR or I think Palace was down there at the time? Maybe I could do something in that regard, but nah, I couldn't couldn't swing it. So yeah, that was one of my biggest regrets. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I was looking for a Wednesday uh, merchandise everywhere around London, and let me tell you, that is uh, one of the <laughs> That's not going to happen. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. And the question I get every single time was why. <laughs> I was like. Why not? I love Sheffield. I love Wednesday, yeah. and that's—I mean—that also dovetails into you know I was—I mean—before I became a Wednesday fan, I was a huge mass. I mean, still am a huge massive pulp fan, and you know, I've always had this mythology about Sheffield. You know, dating back to the Human League coming out of out of Sheffield, Cabaret Voltaire, um, all these great music bands, and you know, I've. Sheffield has always held a special place in my heart. I've never been there, but you know the full Monty, everything about it. It's just like this is the minute I get to go there, and I know nobody's going to understand it. That's actually there, but for me, you know, in coming from SF, we're going to, Sheffield, but yeah, that would that's uh, that that would make my life complete right there. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you say that no one really uh, would understand it. I think it's really. Um, I think it's great for Sheffield to hear uh, Americans kind of romanticise about their hometown. It is for me personally, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not from from being that from my area, um, because we have got a, a rich history, a rich cultural history, which a lot of people kind um, of take for granted a little bit. I think it's getting a little bit better uh, in the area, I and mean, you hear that you heard on the um, match day this past weekend, playing Sheffield bands solely for the pre-match and uh, in between half-time and stuff, so it's good that the club is starting to kind of celebrate the culture of Sheffield a little bit more, too, so I think it's uh, great that it's uh, these kind of, this kind of bands and the the football make it so far across the country, so that's why we're doing this in the first place. because America exists?
3: Yeah, especially with the music scene so fertile there, this is, I mean, more people will probably know Pulp and the great bands that have come out of Sheffield more than the, the football, but you know, dovetail into the the whole cultural scene there, and you know, it's, you know, you don't have to support a London team. Please don't. <laughs> I have enough of it. Everybody supporting Arsenal just because it's London. They're on TV every week, and you know, supposedly they play a, a you know the game in the uh, the right way or whatever whatever I've I've been told. and I, I don't believe.
0: I watched the Man City game. It was not. They did not look Uh,
3: (laughs) that well. I will be honest with you. I can't. I'm. You know, the top six. I sort of avoid like the plague. I am. I don't watch. I'll watch a lot of the uh, mid-tier to low-level Premier League teams, just because a lot of them. I've. You know, I have memories of Wednesday playing them very recently. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, the top six holds absolutely no interest for me. So.
0: All right, David. Well, if we can't get Patty out to San Francisco to pad your bar tab, hopefully uh, this will help some of our, you know, maybe some of our listeners out there find you and at least double membership in the San Francisco Owls.
3: Yes, please do S.F. Owls. It's still in its um, growth stage, let's call it. It's a startup <laughs> using the uh, nomenclature of the area here. So yes,
1: let's 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 make a go of it. Yeah, I like that. San Francisco Startup Owls. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it.
0: Now it's time for dispatches from American Soccer, and we will start with a Sports Center Top 10 play from Wayne Rooney. <laughs>
2: Did, Ba-da-da.
0: <laughs> Did you see this? Yeah, it's <laughs>
1: on the YouTube clip, yeah. Oh, my word. What a go. Well, what what, a, what an assist. I mean, I'm not a big Wayne Rooney fan, uh, but if you haven't seen it yet, guys at home, uh, Google Wayne Rooney, uh, DC United against Orlando City. So it was a 96th minute. Um, the Their keeper, the Orlando keeper, is up for... Uh, no, the DC United keeper, right? Is it for a, a corner? Um yep and the defence clear it out. They go in a break, Orlando, without a keeper to beat. Uh, Wayne Rooney, of all people, tracks back about 40, 50 yards, slide tackles the guy on the left wing uh, as he was about to shoot from about 50 yards out into an open goal, gets the tackle, carries it another 20 yards back up the field, Wayne Rooney, hits, what do you reckon, 45, 50-yard cross field pass to the back post?
2: That sounds good, yeah.
1: And then some, this tiny guy outleaps somebody else in the Orlando defence and heads it home into the bottom corner with a 96-minute winner and the whole place goes wild. Um, it was quite a feat by uh, Mr Rooney. Uh, after I think I said maybe last week or to somebody that I thought it would be a complete flop. Um, so fair play to him. Uh, it was funny, his celebration afterwards was not really a celebration, more of a gasping for breath. <laughs> <laughs> more of a dying yeah, man was... trying to capture some breath.
2: It looked like 23-year-old Wayne Rooney until the play was over, and then it looked like <laughs> 85-year-old Rooney and, uh, could... just struggling to get out of bed in the nursing home.
1: <laughs> he barely could put a thumbs up. If you didn't see the replay, he just slowly right put one thumb <laughs> up and goes, yes, I did it. Yeah, good job. He's <laughs> three weeks off now.
0: Orlando City did not take the loss well. We might have some locker room drama, Evan.
2: Yeah, Orlando City's been poor. Uh, they've been playing incredibly poorly, and uh, it all kind of took a toll. You know, they just signed James O'Connor to be their manager because everything was going to shit, and obviously everything still not going well. So poorly, in fact, that the uh, that DC United disrespected them so much that they brought their goalkeeper up when it was two, two for a corner kick. It was literally tied. And they're like, ah, we don't have to worry about this. Let's bring the goalkeeper up. And, um, yeah. So a couple guys had some heated exchanges and it sounds like, at least according to O'Connor, he, he said there's not much to it. Just a couple guys frustrated, irritated. Um, and, and he kind of took it as a positive because they still have guys that uh, are trying to play, trying to win. Um, and that's, that's fine. That's fine. So not a ton to report there. Just uh, James O'Connor and, and Sean McCauley have um, a bit and of drama work cut on their out. Hands, I mean, but... they
0: knew what they were getting into, I'm sure, when they took this gig. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So not too much going on.
0: And now one for Patty, as apparently Bradley Wright Phillips has set a new MLS record.
1: Yeah, you can tell that Luke wrote this uh because <laughs> we've got some Red Bulls on here. Uh, so I, I think this is a, a good thing to celebrate. First of all... Uh, BWP, um ooh, what was that? a strange. Um he set another new record. So first of all he got a hundred goals. Uh, the fastest ever person to score a hundred goals uh in the MLS. That was last week. This week he's the first player to score fifteen or more for five seasons in a row. Uh yes, it's the same Bradwright flips that was struggling at Charlton. Uh he's now some Uber um uber strong, uber great finisher. I love him because I am a season ticket holder at Red Bulls. He is not the same player you saw at Charlton. He's a fantastic striker. And unfortunately, he's going to end his career, so we kind of have to, again, enjoy him while he lasts.
2: Well, Paddy, I'm going to change subjects real quick uh, because this isn't on the agenda, but speaking of being a season ticket holder for a club, today it was announced by the Austin City Council down in Texas that they would approve the um the this public land to be used for a new mls soccer stadium so it appears as though columbus crew are finally confirmed to be on the move Uh, a couple steps they have to take to get there but uh that was the biggest uh biggest obstacle i guess or hurdle that they they just jumped over so uh a lot of pain in, in Columbus right now. Uh, a lot of frustration. A lot of uh, a lot of sadness and a lot of irritation with the the owner because he is uh, just an absolute absolute slimeball. Um, in fact, i i I have to mention this point. So he said he's moving from Columbus or said he's trying to move from Columbus to Austin. And Columbus crew or Columbus city council and mayor, they said what do you, what do we have to do to get you to stay? And the first thing he said was I need a downtown stadium. Uh, because, you know, being four miles north, of the city just doesn't cut it. And so they started working on this proposal. They came up with a, a rendering and had, a, had 11,000 people commit to the season tickets and had a bunch of local investors committed to helping this project. And instead, Precourt, the, the owner for the crew, kind of ignored that, continued with his stuff in Austin. And the the location for this new stadium is 11 miles from downtown Austin. So rather than being three miles north of the city in in Columbus, he'll be 10 miles away from the the city center in Austin. So just a a bunch of nonsense, Uh, a slimy owner who I think right off the bat knew he he would be moving the club.
0: Ironically enough, the one thing that might still save the crew is actually the Art Modell law, which is on the books in Ohio. Uh, After Art Modell moved the Browns to Baltimore, that requires a... Any professional sports team that uses a tax-supported facility, I'm just reading from the Deadspin article about this, to provide six months' notice for any potential relocation to allow a local investor or the city the opportunity to purchase the team. Uh, There is a lawsuit pending right now. It's unclear whether this law is actually even constitutional, but they could at least sort of uh, delay this for a few years and tie it up in court and stuff like that, which might uh, might convince pre-court to to sell if he doesn't immediately get his move
2: yeah kind of a kind of a, a weird situation for him because he's uh, his lawyers have appealed i think to a couple different courts who have both upheld the the law and so uh you know crew fans still hold on some hope i i personally don't feel like the the law is uh I don't know if it's constitutional. I'm no law, uh, law expert. You're but, not a
0: constitutional law know, scholar,
2: Evan. No, no, but yeah, I, I do believe in, in uh, a business owner's right to conduct business whatever way he wants. And uh, you know, it sucks. You know, I want I want soccer to, to flourish in Ohio and and Columbus especially. And this is going to hurt. But uh, I do believe, unfortunately, in his right to move the team, which uh, I just think he's gone about it the entirely. Wrong way.
0: We'll move back to Wednesday and our match previews for the week. We're at Sunderland tomorrow in the League Cup. We know that Wildsmith will be in as keeper. He's the cup keeper for this year once again. Who else do we see maybe making their season debut?
2: Give me Borikov or give me that.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm right with you. Uh, oh, I, imagine that. I Great. would expect some of the some of the youth players to get blooded. I know Penny didn't play for the under twenty threes this week, um, so he might pop up. Um, we could see a, a more extended look at Ash Baker, you know, Jack Stobbs. But yeah, bring me Borikov. Uh,
2: also, I think one thing to mention is uh, Glenn Lubin's plays for for he really. does. So we might might see him on the opposite side of the ball.
1: We might get some goals. (laughs) (laughs) Can can you imagine him against a couple of our young strikers? Just run rings around him. That's a good point. It's a it's a fair
2: point. (laughs) (laughs) Or can you imagine putting up five goals and him just him just looking like absolute garbage?
1: Captain, I can imagine
2: that part. I suppose.
1: Uh, oh, boy. I, I, you know what Fraser Preston's uh, closer to the team than Borokov unfortunately you are sure. probably more likely to see him uh, than uh, Borokov uh, it'd be good to see both of them I don't think we're going to see that but, um, I think Borokov got them. a full run out with the under 23s this week too so yes yeah, so I think we actually might see Fraser Preston uh, assuming Drow's still injured uh, Fletchman get another 40 minutes maybe a, a second half a half so now we're going uh, I would love to see Thornley and Baker back in the first 11 to get more minutes underneath them same formation so they know what to do. I would keep the defense as it is actually from Saturday just so they know where to play and how to play together. Because it like It's the most before. you can ask for for uh,
0: professional footballers, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, there... and then... oh, you go do go have ahead. to consider, though, the quick turnaround. is only two days off before the Brentford match as well.
2: Yeah. Is there a chance we see Hooper for 30 minutes? 20 God, minutes?
0: just back in training. I don't know. I mean, right. This would be a I guess this to be a good sort of low stakes opportunity to give him the last fifteen or something, but I don't know about his relative fitness, so.
2: Yeah. I know I know Josh had said that he uh he wants to have him play with the U twenty threes a couple times before earning a spot back, but like you said, I think it's a decent opportunity to get a little work in. It does sort it of occur to me
0: that we don't really have because of the transfer embargo and you know, some of the players that left in the summer just from being out of contract, it's not a particularly deep squad. Like and there's it's like, not, like I'm trying to think not. who you might like move
1: in in the midfield. And it's like, Oh, Dave Jones, like, Oh yeah. The center midfield is a complete shit show. man without Kieran Lee available, um, you've basically got Pelopesi or David Jones, uh, and neither are that good. Um, so, uh, I think blood, the youth and s- hope, make, hope make it might make interesting. I think, um, I think we'll stand a chance against Sunderland, to be fair, even with an on a side in there. So Let's see what happens.
2: I wish we had uh, I wish we had Ross Wallace up top, uh, or to play <laughs> up top. Okay. Great striker.
1: Oh, you know what's going to happen? They're going to play Matthias, aren't they? Ugh. Oh, yeah, probably play Matthias. I oh, didn't about
0: yeah. that. I keep forgetting he's actually fit and uh, popped up in the squad here and there.
1: He just has nothing to me. He just, he just does nothing. I hope he proves me wrong, but I haven't seen anything that's made me want to see Matthias more
2: oh what about uh, what about Nielsen as well yeah he could get well, game up yeah, top been... right then he played <laughs> <sports> last year <laughs> he's Just going to play
1: like uh, one three, take the piss 7
0: of the League Cup I don't like I know it's the League Cup I'm not exactly I'm not expecting like a long deep run in the League Cup so
2: no in the League Cup doesn't matter unless you make a long deep run so yeah, yeah it's a, a boring couple rounds if there are some rule far.
0: changes this year. Um, the cards are competition specific. We have VAR, probably not at the Stadium of Light, but maybe it's Premier League ground or was once upon a time.
1: Um and no, yeah, no, uh, no replays. So um, straight to penalties. I think after. I don't think there's even extra time. I think you go straight to penalties.
0: I thought they did extra day.
1: time. Oh, maybe I'm right. But either way, no needless Tuesday week after <laughs> replays. Thank God, it's all being settled on penalties afterwards.
0: And then on Sunday, Sunday we head for the best away day of the season. At uh,
1: Brentford, best away game for the time being. Because apparently this is one of the last times we're playing at Griffin Griffin Park. Yeah, which is a damn shame. But, uh, we have James there. James is our reporter on the scene. Uh, maybe he'll, uh, give us a little. He always does of seem report. to
0: manage to finagle his way over
1: there for Brentford away, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think he's uh, definitely planned that into his whole month-long trip. Um, but, I mean, Brentford looked good. I'm pretty terrified about this game, actually. Um, they've scored ten goals in the last three games. Uh, five past little tight Town the other day. Uh, and they scored one goal, which was like straight off a Brazilian kind of peak World Cup team. It was fantastic. So um, we're going to really struggle, I think, against uh, Brentford this time around, um, unless we get our act together, which on, on the previous uh, two appearances this season, I'm not entirely confident we're going to get our act together.
0: And if you want to watch the Sunderland game, uh, the New York Owls will be at Football Factory. and The New Orleans Owls will be at Finn McCool's. There's nothing on Brentford yet, Patty?
1: There's not, no. Um, so just uh, keep an eye on our Facebook events page uh, for last minute ads. It's a weird time Sunday morning, isn't it? Um, some yeah. bars struggle to sell alcohol on Sunday mornings in America. That's true. Um, I once asked Jack on uh, Sunday morning for a uh, a shot of whiskey in my coffee. At 10 a.m. because I'm an alcoholic. Uh, and he, it's the first time Jack's ever had to refuse me alcohol. <laughs> you can't sell hard liquor before 11 or something like that. In yeah,
0: they have weird liquor licensing laws in, in New York for that kind of stuff on Sundays. That was always. You well, we can't went out sell liquor
2: for... at all on Sunday in Ohio. Yeah,
0: well, there you go. That's even worse.
2: Tell me about it. <laughs> I'm, a brown, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. Like, that's, I need, I need hard liquor on Sundays.
1: Patty,
0: would you like to plug the Owls Americas merch?
1: I do. And apparently there's some... I, I haven't listened to the Wednesday week yet, but uh, James was telling me that they uh, mentioned our beach towels and not necessarily in a, in a kind manner. So I was going to put out... Are there, there any beaches anyone,
0: in New Yorkshire? Come on.
1: If anyone wants to slug our beach towels off, they come to me, okay? This is <laughs> a war. The beach <laughs> towels. Easy. easy. <laughs> the beach towels. We will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them... On the... <laughs> <laughs> With our beach Rachel, towels.
2: Do you have your cigar? <laughs>
1: <laughs> honestly kids the uh, beach towels we got on our, um, on our merch store are, are fantastic I bought two the other day and they're the best merch we have on there um, we also have some kids merch which um, Paul's put together which is really cool that's selling like hotcakes too and all the profits we uh, sell on our merch uh, goes to promoting our groups and building the As of America's Hosting costs, that kind of stuff too. So we're not pocketing it all. It's not going on Jeff's expensive whiskeys. It's uh, all going back into the group in a positive manner. So head on to Al's uh, Get some stuff before summer finishes, especially our beach towels.
2: And I, I have to back us up a step before our um, our Owls Americas president, Patty Jones, the the hothead, spout off at the mouth without thinking before he speaks. President of Owls Americas, <laughs> um, we don't need to start a needless war here. Uh, the the guys over at the Wednesday week had very very nice things to say about our beach towels it was beach towels in general that they weren't so sure about because they often fade in color after washing just once so
1: I was do not so fade the Wednesday
2: in color. week I, I, I apologize no I'm not standing for that again
1: them.
0: what beaches are they going to in Yorkshire
2: <laughs> they have swimming pools I mean you have to dry off after the pool right
1: that like is uh, slander. You can't just say beach towels fade in wash like it's a generic thing. Ours are fantastic quality beach towels. guarantee not to fade. Come see Patrick Jones. They're the best beach towels. The best beach towels out Patty there, Jones, trust me. Patty Jones Beach I Towel beach Emporium.
0: Towels. Oh, gosh. All <laughs> oh, right, that's definitely enough of that. This is, what even episode is this? 34, according to the agenda. This is episode 34, the Owls America cast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com, email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com, and find and follow us on Twitter at Owls Americas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesdayites, Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbeam, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. there's no wrong way to listen to the show, just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. And speaking of ramblings, you can leave the show a voicemail on our Dazed and Mumbled line at 1-401-307-1867. International rates do apply, but you can dial it for free using Google Voice. Evan is on Twitter, at Ohio Owl. Evan, it is almost uh, the Cleveland Browns season opener. How much fireball will you be consuming on that Sunday?
2: I'll actually be down in Florida that Sunday, probably hungover from a night out uh in Gainesville so maybe not a ton of fireball you'll be able Uh, to get booze on a
0: Sunday morning though
2: oh that'll be yeah that's true uh but I am headed to uh the factory of sadness the Browns stadium this Friday for uh, the second preseason match or game sorry game and uh looking forward to that because the Browns are are undefeated in the preseason in their last five (laughs) there's nothing
0: nothing sadder than a Browns preseason game I feel like
2: (laughs) Maybe that's five years preseasons. Now there are T-shirts out there that say "Preseason Champs," so we, we like those.
0: <laughs> Patty is on Twitter at Patty A. Jones and at New York Owls. Patty, will we be introducing a uh, beach towel that doesn't fade after one wash to the Owls America store anytime soon?
1: Oh, it's funny you mentioned that, Jeff. <laughs> uh, yes, there's there already. I may have stated this. But, uh, you can get in to touch with me through at New York Owls if you have any questions about our beach towels. I can guarantee they're very high quality. And I'm on Twitter at JeffPettonAstro. Don't believe Wednesday week haters. It's slander.
0: (sighs) And we'll see you back here (laughs) next week.